0: Young Bucks here on DK Sports Radio. This is your Pittsburgh Pirates prospect podcast. My name is Alex Stump. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jared Pruger. Jared, this is actually the second time we tried the intro. First time I didn't rattle off all the peas. The second time I did. I didn't. I don't know.
1: Listen, you look so that, I was. And and you know you know me, Alex. We've had Kerr Burgers before and, and Chicky and Pete's crab fries. Um, for those of you that are looking to sponsor us, that would be great. Um, you can just pay us some food, but, um, <laughs> that's probably not good with, with the way I am anyway, but no, I, I, it just brings my, warmth to my heart after all that, that you finally just spit it out. Like, a like, and you're like, all right, well, I'm just going to spit this out. And that's great. Um, you Spitting know, there's bars. a, right. You've got a, ve- a very, very bright future talking about anything with the letter P you might be good on Sesame street at some point. So that would be great. Dang it. So Dang it. this this episode um, is brought to you by the letter P, which is great because that starts my last name. And it's in your name, too.
0: Yeah, and you know what else? This last name has
1: a P in it? Oh, I think I had no guy, but I want you to tell me this one.
0: Loiver Pagaro. Ooh! Who,
1: that's called a transition, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Who on Thursday had a couple nice swings, double into the gap, looked good. Day before that, Nick Gonzalez hands through the zone at a million miles per hour, goes deep. Finally, you know, we talked about him last week about how we shouldn't put you know too much stock into this spring training and how the results aren't great because you know it's the first time facing professional hitters and some of them are major leaguers. he, he homered off a Minter, didn't he, for the Braves? Like that's a if real I'm not mistaken, like yeah, that. right.
1: Yeah, that's a real no, and like and I think that's huge, man, because you look at a guy like Piguero. And he was late getting into camp. So he's late getting started. So he's just kind of finally hitting his stride. And if this is his stride, man, this is pretty good. This is exactly ex- what the Pirates need from a guy like that. And I think it speaks volumes when you have guys like Gonzalez performing the way that he's doing, even still in major league camp. Because let's be real, these are two guys that aren't going to make the club this year. And that's perfectly fine because their futures are bright enough where they're not, they're going to benefit from playing um, in the minor leagues. And that obviously speaks volumes and, and bodes well for, for what could be an infield of the future that, you know what, it might it might include both of them.
0: While we're on the infield of the future, I think the one guy that we can agree on who's going to be a part of it, guaranteed, is Cabrian Hayes. No, really? You think so? Cabrian Hayes is going to be a third base. But I thought that I the think extension talks I think weren't going anywhere.
1: Oh, sorry, he's yeah, still under contract. Yeah. They,
0: yeah, for six more years, he's under contract for until he gets There's traded to the Yankees. Of human gloom from that. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Like Ronny Contreras, man, I love his comments. Cars <laughs> are just going to trade Ronny Contreras to the Yankees. It's like, where did they get him? Do you think? But that's nothing here nor there,
1: right? But no, you're right. I mean, it, so. Let's think about it. Let's think about, let, I Wait, like what to actually left to right.
0: Yes. Okay, but, it, okay, before we go looking left to right, the lefty, of course, is going to start left to right. But Always. Also, I guess the, the literate person. The literate mm-hmm. person is going to read left to right. <laughs> but um, We saw a lot of young infielders in spring training. We saw Ji Huan Be. We saw Mason Martin. We saw Paguero, we saw Gonzalez, there's still Kevin Newman, there's still Colt Tucker, there's still a whole lot of infield options. So, let's just look into the year 2023. What does the Pirates
1: infield look like? How many of these kids are actually going to be on this team? So, okay, so that's a very good question, Alex. Um, Obviously, we know Hayes is going to be there, despite the extension talks that we – whatever. It is, what it is not a big deal. Anyway, so you mean to tell me that we might have an infield in the year 2023 that we like, because nobody likes you when you're 23. So I think that these guys – I don't want
0: to do this podcast no more.
1: Listen, man, I'm just trying to get every little piece in this that I can. You have your Pirates Prospects podcast of choice. I have trying to get anything that I can in here. That's my part. You bring your part. Anyway, back to the infield of the future of 2023. Um, You know, you look at it, and it's that's. I think that's going to be really good. Now, the one question that I think we have, obviously, Todd Frazier is not going to be around at first base. Um, Could Colin Moran be there? I don't know. And so, I mean, I think you have three solid guys in that infield that make sense, that make sense to be there um, as long as their development doesn't get stunted, right? I mean, um, these are guys that that could be big factors moving forward for the Pirates. And when you see that, you know, it's good. It's definitely a good problem to have.
0: It definitely is a good problem to have, which is why I'm viewing this differently. I look at Piguero and Gonzalez and that's the middle infield of the future for me. I think so I, too. I think those two are just two very high promising players. It, it, I mean, we, we all know Adam Frazier is not part of this team long-term. He'll probably be traded at some point in in the calendar year. He's not going to be going into spring training 2022 with Pittsburgh Pirates. That's hardly a controversial opinion. And, you know, Kevin Newman made a good adjustment with his hands this offseason and maybe he replays you know himself back into the starting lineup that way you know and, and holds on to it for good and Cole Tucker's still young you could do all that stuff but I, I look at Gonzalez I look at bergero and that's half of the middle infield right there and now you have a whole lot of other young talent because we haven't even touched like Rodolfo Castro. I guess I should have included him in the mix too because he's already on the 40-man roster, which is why all that considered, very long way to get to this final point. I don't think the first baseman of the future is in the organization. It could be Mason Martin, but I haven't really seen anything from Mason Martin that really differentiates him from being Brad Eldred. Pirates are going to have some prospects probably to trade. They could acquire someone that way.
1: No, and I think that's fair. I, I I agree, because obviously you look left to right. Cabrian Hayes is not going anywhere. You look at Piguero, and you look at Gonzalez, and listen, Cole Tucker, as great as he is with the glove, the bat hasn't played yet. Um, so who knows when that bat's going to play? But he also has that added versatility now that he spent a year in the outfield because they really had nobody else. So, I mean, that's that's a good issue, too, to have. Um but you, I mean, you're right about the, about Adam Fraser, and I think that's something that we can't really get lost on because he's going to be a trade chip. Just he he is, and Newman is young enough where he can be that stopgap if he can perform the way that he has this spring. Now, I don't think he's going to keep up his rate right now, but I do think no. that 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 he has the potential to be a decent and above um, above replacement level shortstop um into into the 2021 season and i think that's big because he's going to be that bridge to get to this middle infield of the future and in the way that they have it set up by then he can build that value and potentially they could they could trade him away to rebuild um for even down the, even further down the line when we're old and gray so no hot, nothing for my hot take of the parts are going to trade for their first baseman in
0: 2023, actually trade prospects to get them rather than always been the other
1: way around. I listen, it does not compute. It, it does not compute in my head because I, it, it's crazy because I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I, I it's just mind boggling to me because the pirates just have not done that. I, I think it's possible though. Right. Um, they don't have an option they're I mean, could Mason Martin do it? Yeah, maybe, but he's, far down the line he might at this rate he might not be there in 2023 it depends on how his development goes i mean obviously it's not will craig it's not colin moran so you are going to have to look unless you find a guy in the draft um and and i don't know that that's possible um unless there's a unless there's somewhere um that you can find a major league ready guy and but you're going to have to go out and and get one be a trade so i i for once in my life uh i do i do very much agree with you and that's weird to say but i, I do
0: you know what whenever you get an answer you like you stop digging or you stop asking so I, we're gonna end right there we're gonna end the first segment with me doing a victory lap of jared actually agreeing with me whenever this has been a this
1: has been a morning of disappointment this is ridiculous first we start out recording, and you won't say the peas. Now we're agreeing. So hopefully in this second segment, uh, life's going to be better for us. Welcome back to Young Butts, your Pittsburgh Pirates podcast of choice on their prospects. And yes, I know it's not nearly as good as Alex Stuff, my co host, but I just tried to pull that one out and, and see what happened. He'll, he'll, listen, he'll be back to normal next week. That's not a big deal. But my thing, we are a little over a month away from Major League Baseball or from Minor League Baseball finally getting started. Triple A was pushed back. Not a surprise. Teams are going to go to alternate sites. That's great. Um, double A, single A, they're all gearing up now. Triple A—they're all gearing up for May Fourth, and here is my May the Fourth reference, as always. Um, but the issue with that is we know dates, we know schedules, and we know times of games. Teams probably know prom- promotional schedules, and in and around uh, Pennsylvania, they know their capacities now, and, and just like they will uh, surrounding um, the country. But what <laughs> what the teams don't know, according to sort and sources, is, is much else. Um, go figure with major league baseball not telling minor league baseball what's going on um, and this is the issue that we ran into we run into now with major league baseball controlling the minor leagues right it's a blessing and a curse because if there's ever a dysfunctional league to run their their minor league system it would be minor, major League baseball and rod Manfred because guess what we, we are a little over a week away if not a week away from um, from real baseball starting so this, the as of now, this, the alternate sites, their ideas of them, uh, whether teams are going to use their spring training facilities. Well, that's not going to be possible because there are going to be minor leaguers there. Um, now, certain teams and, and certain facilities can hold that, but what the issue that we're running into now is that their spring train, their alternate sites haven't been announced, um, and and who's going to be allowed into games, right? Who's going to be allowed in press boxes? Who's allowed to be on on, in, on staff? Um, how's that going to work? And according to my sources, uh, in minor league baseball, these teams haven't found that out yet. And that to me is a huge red flag, um, as we gear up for the season. And when that happens, yeah, Yeah, it is a huge red flag because it's tough. You have to be able to plan, right? You have to be able to know what's going on. How do you not know what's going on? Especially
0: this year, more than anything, because this is going to be such an important year financially for minor league baseball like minor league baseball profit margins already aren't that great and they are very reliant on ticket sales Mm -hmm. ticket sales and local advertising local advertising small businesses type of deal i'm sure a lot of them have pulled out just because you know pandemic and you have to cut trim some fat from budgets right now so that can't that can't be good the best thing teams can hope for is that it's the same as it was before. The same and then some form of reduced capacity, whether that is 50%, whether that is 25%, 20%, whatever it is for these teams. This is going to be a very very stressful financially year for them after a year where they just had to, you know, go in the red. They had absolutely no opportunities to add revenue. And for Major League Baseball, just keep these teams really out of the loop is, is kind of crappy to do to them. Like, this is big. Oh, yeah, and I haven't forgotten the other thing that, you know, this year minor league teams, they all have to renovate stadiums and add parts to it and, and make a big investment into infrastructure because of the,
1: right. new, uh, the new guidelines that the league set forth. Right, and that's and you're absolutely right because last year these teams did not did not make any money. Now a couple of them got some different loans and grants based on what they qualified for, and and we can talk about that until we're blue in the face whether they deserved it or not. But but the heart of the matter is, and, and I'm speaking in Altoona terms because we're the smallest professional market in this city in this area, um, and that's not just for Pennsylvania. That's for the entire country. So you know that's it. That's that's a lot of revenue that not only the team didn't make, but the area itself, because um, mm-hmm. in one of my first um, stories for, for Pirates Breakdown back when we wrote for them with, with, our, with our late friend Jason Rollison, I, I went in-depth and talked about the issues with the curve in the county and how those, those ticket prices and, that, and some of that revenue goes right back into the community and, and from those hotels that, that teams use and fans use, that goes right back into the team to pay for Those improvements that we that we mentioned, right? So you have this gate tax, this amusement tax, and and you you miss out on a year of that, and that's a lot of revenue. Um, and that's not just for the curve, but that's also tying into Penn State too, because this is a this is right on the way to Penn State. If you're coming from from 90 percent of the state, right, you have to go through Altoona to get to um to get to State College, so that's huge as well. But to leave these teams in the dark listen, man, like, okay, Alex, so tomorrow, uh, actually, in, in five minutes, I'm going to be right outside your door, we're going to dinner. Um, late night snack at get go. And you can't, you can't do that. You can't expect these teams to go in and have this, this, op- this, to know what they're doing. Now, in, in what's terrible about this, even more so, is it Major League Baseball had a season last year. They have the perfect blueprint to go off of for, for what they were doing, whether it, deals with press in the press box whether it deals with with anything so like they have they had these guidelines in place why not tell them hey this is what we need you to do this is what we expect of you now every area is different when it comes to the virus so as long as you're meeting local and state guidelines then then have at it but this these are the expectations why is it so hard to do that why is it so hard to lay those expectations out alex
0: the reason why it is hard is Major League Baseball went on this quest, this odyssey to cut down the teams as a way to cut cut costs in a multitude of different ways. And here we are. This is the product of all of that. Of what all that cost cutting is and they really didn't have any plan for minor league baseball after that and i can't wait for whenever games get started and we in major league baseball is handling a minor league baseball is not always going to be like this prevalent an issue but until that happens every single time it seems like major league baseball has dropped the ball for helping these minor league teams and you bring up Altoona Altoona for me is the perfect example of a minor league baseball town a community that does have baseball it's an integral part of Altoona there there's a large portion of people in Pennsylvania whenever you say Altoona the first thing they are going to think of are the curve that's good major league baseball should be going out of their way to make sure that there is an Altoona curve and there aren't these types of issues hanging over all these franchises
1: no and and that's a good point because listen the curve are in great in a great situation with their ownership group with with the X. so they're fortunate but there are other teams around the country that are not as fortunate as the curve despite um what's going on now so like (laughs) if you're if 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 we're talking about certain things that we have faith in or little faith in i have zero faith the in in Major League Baseball, promoting not only just Major League Baseball the way that needs promoted because they won't, but minor league baseball too because this is the pulse. Minor league baseball is the pulse of America, man. Like it, it it's your grind. It's your your blue collar. We're we're busting our butts to get to where we want to go. We we're not making much money <laughs> at all. <laughs> We are, we're working our way up the ladder to get to, to reach dreams. And that's, that's the American way. That's, that's the blue collar mentality that, that should be promoted. And, you know, in minor league baseball, before major league baseball took over, I thought was okay. As far as their promotion. Listen, this is where the future is, man. This is where we get to see guys like Nick Gonzalez play, uh, Piguero. Um, this is where we saw Brian Hayes and, and guys like that come up and come through the system. And, and guess what? I can go out and get a ticket if I wanted to for seven bucks, eight bucks. Whereas if I'm coming to Pittsburgh, okay, maybe that's a bad example because ticket prices at one point for the pirates were pretty cheap. Like I remember years ago, $9 when were dollar good, ticket. I got three, I thought three tickets for a total of $8, which was necessary because I ended up like leaving my keys in the store downtown. So I had to leave the stadium, go get them, come back. But that's neither here nor there. That's another story for another podcast on another on another day but that's the thing minor league baseball is a cheap opportunity to see professional baseball because they are professionals whether you put the minor league moniker on it or not they are professional baseball players so you get to see those guys play and you get to see them play at a young age and see them develop so that someday you can get a a brian hayes jersey shirt or a jersey or a nick gonzalez jersey or autograph or hat or or something of his um of his merchandise and and here you get to you get to make that connection. You get to have that one on one because you know I coach uh, middle school baseball here in Altoona, and, and a couple of the, a lot of my players are like, oh well, I know this guy, and, and I met this guy, and and that's a really cool opportunity that you don't have uh, in other cities, in in other in in other areas of, of professional baseball like the major leagues.
0: We're gonna take one more break. Whenever we come back,
1: what did we learn on?
0: Back to young bucks. Jared, what
1: did we learn on the show today? I'm, I, I'm ready for baseball, man. I'm ready for Major League Baseball. I'm ready <laughs> for every aspect of baseball. Um, but I have zero faith that Major League Baseball is going to do right by minor league baseball. I, I just I just can't have faith in in, in my in major league baseball. Um like this is a game that's not like the fans aren't getting any younger. We've talked about this at length on this podcast, on the site, any anything, man. And, and this is where you have to get these people involved and, and engaged because right now your PR with minor league baseball, both with the teams and with the fans, is not good. And you have to figure out a way to, to fix it. And you do that at the grassroots level at, in minor league baseball. So that's what I learned. I learned that I have zero faith in major league baseball to do right by minor league baseball. So hopefully someday soon we get to know these details But I'm not going to hold my breath because I'll be purple um, before I know it.
0: I don't know if this really counts as learned as much as it is remembered, but do you remember whenever you could get into a game at PNC Park for $9?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yes. I think I said in the last segment, I, I got three tickets in the bleachers and left field for $8, a total of $8.
0: $8?
1: Yes, yes, $8. it It was crazy or online uh, i got it from StubHub.
0: okay okay i was talking like yeah i mean i got like six dollar tickets for that but i was talking like you could you go up to the gate you know like a pilgrim in in 2002 2003 Mm -hmm. and you could you hand over nine u.s dollars and they give you a ticket
1: yeah right no it's remember those it's crazy Uh, yeah oh man that was those are the days am i the only
0: one who's Am I the only one who's nostalgic for like ticket stubs? Like, I, I get. I keep every single division.
1: one. I keep every single ticket sub I've ever had.
0: Good, good. Like, in I, fact, I got, like,
1: <laughs> in fact, from the wild card. Oh, game, Jared's
0: gonna show. This is gonna translate terrifically to the podcast.
1: This this right. audio. So, oh my god! In goodness, fact, that from nice. In fact, from the wild card game, I got a shadow box of the ticket of a ticket because I wanted to remember the blackout. Forever, which there is a cruel irony in that statement. Um, but, but no, I, I'd like to do that, too, because I was actually I, I was looking at a ticket sub the other day and it was from James or not Jameson, but uh, Tyler Glassnell's first start in Altoona. I remember I sat right behind home plate and watched him pump gas in in the Eastern League. And I, I had just gotten back, I want to say, from Louisiana. I was spending time in Louisiana um, coaching and I got to see him come back and play. Uh, or no that no that would have been indiana where actually where nick gonzalez um spent time in his in the summer but you know i got to see him play and, and i remember going up to the gate with my mom and getting us tickets and getting to see him pitch and and you can't do that anywhere else that's what makes minor league baseball um so great
0: you're gonna have to show the image of of the ticket stub you do realize like we have to put it either in the article or on Twitter or whatever, because this is this is visual for us. We're seeing each other. We can't do it through just words, though. It does look nice. It's very
1: well done. Yeah, someday when I have a man cave, it'll be up as long as with Zoom images, uh, screenshots of our podcasts and in our articles. We'll put them up for that.
0: <laughs> be uh, sure Alex, to... I think
1: we're done. I think we're done for the day.
0: I, I think we're done. All right. Well. If that's the case, be sure to subscribe to the DK Sports Radio feed on whatever platform you get your podcast, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Spotify, GarageBand, Yahoo Answers, whatever one you want to use you know, to get your podcast. Get it through there. Thank you for listening to Young Bucks. For Jerry Kruger, I'm Alex Dump. We will talk again.